0: Thanks for joining us on the Father's House podcast, where we are leading people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. If you have any questions or want to learn more about us, you can always check us out online simply by going to thefathershouse.com. We'd love for you to stay connected throughout your week. Now, let's go to this week's message. so you have somebody watching from, yeah, the, from, Netherlands? from, I'm from awesome, the Netherlands awesome. I'm you <laughs> <laughs> hey listen wherever you are you're watching from maybe you know here's here's what we could do if, if you've ever been to Thailand or Australia why don't you just go ahead and post that right there you could post a kangaroo or some Aussie thing right uh, that oh. would be great <laughs> all right we are so blessed today this is Raylan our uh, oldest uh, granddaughter And she has a real call into ministry. And like I said earlier, she's going to be going in the fall to uh, Hillsong College in Phoenix. But she's here today to share some uh, reports from the trip and then also the word that God laid on your heart, right? Awesome. Well, let's give her a hand as she shares today. Amen.
1: All right. So I'm Raylan. I went to YWAM uh, Toowoomba, the Toowoomba base in Australia. It's in Queensland. There's six states in Australia, I think. That's the one I was at. Um, yeah. So I was in the outback. Um, do we, Can we start the pictures? The, the first one. This is the view we had from base. Um, not really exactly from base, but from a, a hiking place. Oh, and this is an Australian possum, not an opossum, just possum. They were everywhere. Okay. Um, so this is my team that went to Thailand with me. And then this is ICCI. And with, that's the children's ministry we were at. And then this is the food that they gave us because it was delicious. And then um, I think the last picture, that's what our commute looked like every morning. And then the next one is um, nightlight, which I'll be sharing about too. And then the last one, or that's chapel at nightlight, which I'll be talking about. And then the, the last one, right, is that's the prayer room at the top of the um, we were in a, like a five-story build building um, in the red light district, and that was the top floor. It was a prayer room. Yeah, so what I did while I was in Thailand was we started with ICCI, um, which is a children's ministry. It started with um, some guy pretty much walking around um, and seeing uh, kids living on construction sites, and his heart just kind of went out for that, of like, this is really an injustice. This shouldn't be happening. They shouldn't have to live like this. They're they're missing out on a lot of things. So um, he started to go around and pick them up, and um, God just blessed it. So they got an education. They were um, given a place to stay and food to eat, um, and so that was why I took the picture. I've never had better food in my entire life than I did at ICCI. Best fried chicken I've ever had in Thailand. So good. Um, and then in Nightlight, Uh, we worked with women in the red light district. Um, That was a really heavy ministry, and we did that three times a week every week. We would lead chapel, which was, you saw my friend Noah um, giving his testimony, and um, we'd do that every Monday and Wednesday morning, and then we would do, on Friday nights, you saw Melanie singing and Jordy playing guitar. We would play live music in the um, cafe in The red light district just to bring some kind of like new light to the area especially on a Friday night when everything was bustling and then we would do beauty shop and beauty shop was our interaction with the women we would bring in um, we it was open to anyone uh, and women would come in the prostitutes that we mostly worked with had aged out of bars and brothels and stuff like that so they were older women Um, that were just trying to make a living, and it's really sad. A lot of their um, uh, services that they would offer was hundred baht, and that's barely three U.S. dollars. Um, so it was really, it was a really, really heavy um, atmosphere in Thailand, and in a place where everyone's so spiritually aware, like four different um, different religions, different spirits. Um, it was really it was really interesting um that not a whole lot of people knew about jesus and in such like a spiritually woke place um so it was it was interesting uh it, to say the least so over the course of outreach i was definitely overcome by how personal god is to each individual like where he's so personal with us and um and how personal of a relationship that we can have with him. Um, And so there was a woman that would come into the beauty shop, which I didn't explain what we do. We would do their hair. We would do their nails, their makeup. Um, We'd give them food to eat and just a safe place to stay. And um, it was really beautiful to be able to just love on women like that um, who aren't used to that. They're used to violence. They're used to being looked down upon, especially by other women. and yeah it was really beautiful to be able to to really just like take the time to pray over them and work with them and it definitely blessed them and they definitely noticed a difference in in how we acted and how we treated them versus how people on the street would treat them it was really like heartfelt of like you look them in the eyes and they're not used to that um and that was really beautiful. But there was one woman. Um, I'll call her Ruth because we can't share their same their real names. But um, she would come in every Wednesday and Friday while we were there. She had quite a reputation among the other women. She was um, uh, she was a witch. She did witchcraft. She would do sorcery, all that kind of stuff. Anything you name it. Um, and they were very they were afraid of her. All the other women that would come in. Um, and she was oppressed by demons. And our first day um, that we came into the beauty shop and we're working with the women, she came in and she just caused chaos. Um, It was just, it was crazy. Uh, People were manifesting, um, people were crying. I was not crying. That was not a day that I cried. I did cry other days, but (laughs) Um, it was really, it was really crazy. And every time she would come in the building, the staff would talk to her and tell her, like, "You have to keep this stuff under control because we have to keep the other women safe, um, and you, you scare people pretty much." But they didn't want to tell her that she couldn't come. they had to keep they had to make it in such a way where she could keep coming and she could keep getting help. Um, and so she'd be like, "Yeah, okay." And then she would come in, and everything would go to chaos again. but um there was one day in particular where we didn't think she was going to come in. And that was the first day that we'd been there where she hadn't. Um, and then like 15 minutes before closing, she came in and all the other women had just left. And it was a really good thing. It was a God thing, definitely, that she came much later because she experienced incredible breakthrough wow. that night. Um, and we were able to pray over her. And, and she had her first taste of freedom that night, is what we said, from what she was being oppressed from. Um and it was just, it was just amazing. And we, and then that was when we were like, we were hoping for her. But that was when we were like, yeah, like our team was like, we can do this. Like we are going to see this woman lay down everything else and come to Christ. And so it got worse after that. It was, <laughs> it got bad again. But then um, our last day of Nightlight, Ruth came in, and not even 15 minutes into the beauty shop, she grabbed a staff member and said. I want a job I want to enter into the program because they run a program um, where they rehabilitate the women and and um, share and they part of the like rules is you can't be doing other things that you were doing including worship serving other gods and so they're like do you understand that Ruth do you understand that you're gonna have to lay everything down and she's like yes I want to stop and I want to I don't want to do this I'm tired I'm so I'm ready to be all in and so it was just amazing and that was our last day there and it was just it was fantastic so I share this not to also to give you a a, a glimpse of what it was like in Thailand but because God's pursuit of Ruth started long before my team arrived in Thailand it started a lot longer before we started to pray for her or had a relationship with her and I love this story and I love talking about Ruth because God is willing to do so much to pursue the one, and God did so much in order to get Ruth into His arms and to show her that, like, I'm power, I'm more powerful than these gods, yeah. but I also am always safer. Like, I'm the best option, and it was really amazing and seeing what He worked in her heart, and that no one's too far gone. That's definitely, um, it's definitely crazy how far God's reaches and that no one is exempt from his love. Um, And so I share this, and it made me think about her, Ruth's testimony, seeing that all come about, made me really think about my friend, Marit, who's watching right now, um, her testimony that she shared with us, because we don't know all that God did for Ruth. We don't know what drove her to come every week when it really didn't seem like it helped her at first. We don't know what it was like for her on the streets at night we don't know any of that but god does and god god spoke to her in, in in such a way that it pierced through her heart her it pierced through all the brokenness that she had her individual brokenness like we're all broken but we all experienced such different things and she had such like callous to everything and so god did something special in her life and spoke to her in such a particular way that only she, like that voice of god would have broken through. There was nothing that I could have done. There's nothing that anybody else could have done. And so, Marit shared a story when she first got, and we shared our testimonies when we were, like, our first week in YWAM. It was, it was interesting. Um, And she, she's traveled a lot, and so one of the places that she's gone was Israel. And so she said, she sent me it out so I wouldn't get anything wrong. Um, She said, uh, we were in the desert in Israel, and we split up into our small groups. My small group talked about prayer, and I had to admit that I didn't really pray at all. The next day, we traveled to Tiberias, and we split up into our small groups again. At the end of the afternoon, this time, my small group later prayed, and then in the middle of it paused and said, would we all go on our own and pray for a few minutes? So it fell silent, and I thought, well, I guess I could maybe pray. Um, And so she prayed for the strength to find God, and that he would show himself, and and that she would be able to see him because she said I wasn't a firm believer, but I was curious. So after that, we had dinner. After dinner, all my friends went upstairs, but I went downstairs to the public bathroom. While I was in the bathroom, I heard someone playing the harmonica in Christian songs from my childhood. She's from the Netherlands. She was in Israel. Um, and so I went out of the bathroom and had to go through a room to go back upstairs. In the room was a man sitting on a chair playing the harmonica. I gave a smile and, without thinking, I walked up to him and sat down on the chair next to him. I told him in Dutch that I knew the songs he was playing. And so he turned out to be Dutch as well and asked if I would sing with him. And so I was kind of hesitant and very self-conscious, but decided to go with it. I sung two songs with him. After that, he explained a few things about Israel in the Bible. And then continued to make sure I knew how much God loved me. He told me that even if I would have been the only person on earth, Jesus would have come down and died for me. That was the first time it kind of hit me that I realized how much love God wanted to give. And I just share that because I don't speak Thai, but God speaks Thai, you know. I don't speak Dutch, but God speaks Dutch. I don't have any sort of idea of what it would be like growing up in Thailand, but God does. And I don't know what it's like to grow up in the Netherlands, but God does. And God met, met um, Ruth through a bunch, of, <laughs> a bunch of girls in a beauty shop in Thailand, wow. and God met um, Marit in Israel outside of a public restroom. Yes. And it's just so beautiful that the gospel is a universal message but his pursuit is individual of each and every single one of us. And I just love, I love Mara, and I'm so thankful for that testimony of her because she I got to, in turn, meet her and have a relationship with her. And so it was really difficult um, for me to put all this together and to wrap up um, six months about in just a short time and all the things that happened and and how to do that in a way that people would understand, because a lot of things happened in Thailand that I had no idea how to explain. And I had to do a double-take, as Poppy says, to, to look again. And so, when I was writing this, I spent three days just racking my brain. I was like having mental breakdowns, because I did not understand. I was like, I don't know how to tie all this together. And everything that I and I had been planning since Thailand for this day because I was so excited, Um, and everything I had planned just kind of fell apart. And I think that everyone can relate to that right now. Um, And I kept going, God, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? Um, And he was just kind of like, I'm here. Like that was the only thing I would hear from him. And I was like, Oh, like that's not what I like. I love that you're here with me, but I need you to help me. And Um, but sometimes that's all we need is for him to be near and for him to be with us um, and for us to recognize that's what we need sometimes too um, and so and I know everybody can can relate to that in some way Of I don't know what I'm supposed to do right now everything that I had planned has been put to a pause by what's going on in the world right now and what am I supposed to do I thought I was supposed to do this I mean I'm supposed to go to Hillsong but who knows, like, how that's going to, when all this is going to be over? Like, we have to just trust and we have to have faith. Trust. And so I was, I'm always brought back to this passage, Matthew 6, 25 through 34. And I forgot to bring my Bible up. Will you read it for me, Poppy? Sure.
0: <laughs> Matthew 6. I'll be turning my mic on here. Oh. <laughs> the mic
1: right here. Oh, it's up there. I'll just have Poppy read it. He's already Matthew going for six. it. Oh, okay. Now I can't really see it okay
0: (laughs) all right here we go it says therefore I say to you do not worry about your life what you will eat or what you will drink nor about your body what you will put on it is not life more than food and the body more than clothing look at the birds of the air for they uh, neither sow nor reap nor gather into a barn Yet your heavenly Father feeds them, and you, not, are you not of more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all of these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Thank you. You're welcome.
1: You did good. (laughs) Better than I would have done. (laughs) Um, So I think we get really um, caught up in a lot of things, especially going on right now. And I know it's hard not to worry but you do have control over whether or not you choose to worry. It is a choice. Um, I w- will never negate that it is not hard to, or it is hard to worry. It's hard not to worry, sorry. But we give it too much power when we think that that's our only option. Um, when Poppy was telling me about what he was going to preach about on, on Easter of the Look Again, and that's the series we we're going to be entering into, I had this really good idea, and it didn't really work out how I wanted it to, but... Papi was like, look again, and I was going to be like, look like Jesus, like, like we want to look like him, but we also want to, like, look like him, and he was like, yeah, I like that, and, um, but then I just couldn't, I couldn't pull it together, but I did, in a way, with this scripture, Jesus is speaking, Jesus is preaching, and I think, like, Jesus tells us pretty clearly um, that he, what he's seeking, but we also know that everything that Jesus said came from the Father, Um, And so Jesus was always looking to the Father. um, And I think, like, we want to look like Jesus, and we want to look to God for everything that we need, um, especially in times when we don't know where our next paycheck is going to come from, how we're going to pay our bills or anything like that. Um, But Jesus says to seek um, first the kingdom, not for answers, not for why this is happening or what we're supposed to do, but to seek first his kingdom. And we get, I think we get um, a little confused sometimes of what that means. And it's not to seek his will, like the Bible doesn't say to seek God's will, it says to seek his face, it says to seek him, and then you will find him. So when we get like so bent on, I wanna know what's next, I wanna know what I'm supposed to do, we miss a lot of things um, that he could be trying to speak to us because we're looking for an answer, and we're not looking for God, and when we put that above God, like, that's, that's idolatry, sure um, when we seek, when we seek an answer over God, then we're, we're not really, uh, he's not really gonna, he doesn't want to answer you like that, because, because it's not, you're not looking for him, but, yeah, God has, God has it in his hands, and, and, and it's not about our timing. We need to learn to sit at his feet and, and to wait on him and to, and to seek the kingdom. Um, that's pretty much all I have. Awesome. <laughs> wow.
0: Well, I wouldn't say that's pretty well all I have. That's, no. <laughs> that's really good. So let me ask you this. What would you say to someone that's watching there? And saying, you know, I really want to, you know, if you can think back to your senior year in high school, right? You're not only doing high school, you're doing college courses, and you're doing all of that. And then how did this whole thing about going on a mission field, how did that that come into your spirit?
1: Um, I knew that it was all about seeking. It was all about seeking. Um, That I didn't want to just do what everybody was doing. Um, I wanted, I knew God had something special for me, like he does for everyone. Like there's one thing, we got told this all the time in YWAM, and it's kind of cheesy, but it's like, like there's nobody like you. Right. You are unique.
0: That's not cheesy.
1: Yeah. um, We're all made in his image. That means we're all made with unique parts, like our vocal cords. No one else has this set or handprints. So you display a part of God that only you can. That's right. And so... And I was like really wrapped up in I don't, I just want to know what you have for me and me alone. Yeah. Um, and so I just started praying for, for direction. And then it got to the point where I was like, like I don't feel you, I don't know anything. and I'm just, I'm just gonna pray to you every time I'm alone in my car. And I'm gonna do it every morning and every night right. until until you t- decide to tell me where to go because I don't care what I do as long as I have you. Yeah, and that's and, and
0: I think I think there's a lot of people a lot of people sitting there feeling that right now.
1: Mm-hmm. You know what
0: what am I going to do? I mean, it's one thing you you're getting ready to go. You were gone six months, yeah. and you missed how many holidays?
1: All of the important ones. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Miss Christmas. My
1: favorite ones. <laughs> yeah.
0: And I had, Thanksgiving,
1: and, Christmas. Yeah, that,
0: and your stocking uh-huh. hung there. And yeah, when I we did it. stockings, it hung <laughs> there the whole time you were gone until you came back. And then we, we got through those. So, so you now are on a mission field separated from everybody else. Um, what kept you going when maybe there were times that you just said, you know, I want to go home? I want to go. I'm sure you had those feelings. I did, yeah, frequently. I, we all have those feelings. I don't know about you, but I have a feeling right now. I'd like to go back.
1: I know, yeah. I'd like
0: to go back. So what kept you going?
1: I know everybody that is watching that was with me on YWAM knows that's definitely true. I wanted to go home. Yeah. Um, but definitely the people there held me um, held me up. That right. was a really cool um, just the group we had where and they kept telling us, like, we've never had a group like you guys, like, and we were, like, good, like, because we want to be set apart, we want to be different, and, and just, they just kept me going, and, and just, and obviously, God, just pressing in every morning of just, like, like, I'm going to choose to die to myself today, because you have me here for a purpose, right, even though I would love to just lay in bed all day, and Mm -hmm. think about being home, you have me here, and I'm going to, push forward because it was difficult. Yeah. It was definitely hard.
0: So what I hear you saying is just because you're in the middle of God's will doesn't always mean that it's easy. No. And it doesn't always mean that you feel him all the yeah, time. Yeah,
1: definitely not. So how do, you,
0: how do you deal with that? I know that I, because I've been on the mission field before. I know what it's. I've been in 75 different uh, countries of the world. And, you know, of course, I was years ago, when they had a lot of places I went didn't have electricity didn't have anything Mm -hmm. and I know what it's like and you didn't have facebook and you didn't have a a smartphones and you totally feel isolated and separated so in in those moments like that then uh, how did the lord How did the Lord reveal himself to you? You know, we say that, we use a lot of religious vernacular and say, well, the Lord came to me or the Lord encouraged me, but in some specific ways, maybe for somebody who's watching right now and and this whole Christianity thing is new to them, what do you mean when you say that, you know, he came and encouraged you? How how are some some specific ways that he did that?
1: Well, when I would wake up and I would pray, and I got up really early (laughs) to do that, um, especially in Thailand, he was kind of like, gave me a conviction of I need to be the first thing every morning. And so before, I would wake up 30 minutes before um, breakfast, and I would go out in this like little hallway place and be on my knees for 30 minutes before anything that we did. And so I would go out there, and I wouldn't always... And I prayed, I prayed, I was like, God, can you just get the mosquitoes away from me? And they stopped, they stopped coming. Really? Yeah, it was amazing. Wow. So I never got bit. Can you
0: come over at the backyard? Yeah, I know, right, I know.
1: Um, I stopped getting bitten after that. I loved it. I was like, listen, guys, like, look, the mosquitoes can't touch me anymore, as God (laughs) said. (laughs) Don't touch her. But um, I would go out, and you mean, you don't always, like, just because I'm on my knees, it doesn't mean anything, like. Um, it doesn't make me extra religious or anything like that, but God, like, he was teaching me, like, I do want to be with you every right. morning. Like, right. I'm, I have invited you um, to come be with me. Like, like that's a, that's a significant thing. Like, you asking me out to lunch, like, that's a special thing. Sure. And that's the same thing. God wants to meet you every single morning. And so that him just pushing that on my heart and being like, this is what, this is the why you, I really want to be with you and to be with, like, I want you in prayer. is because I want to spend time with you. And that was really new for me. And so I would go and I would just begin praying like, like, this is how I feel right now, tired. And I don't necessarily feel your presence but I know like I'm gonna but I'm gonna speak to the reality that sure. you are here with me and that you invited me to come here into your presence and that I have that invitation every single day because of what Jesus did for me. Yeah. And so I definitely would say like he encourages you by like putting imprints, I guess, like in your spirit, like you talk to God, not mind to mind or ear to right. face, yeah. mouth. <laughs> sure. But spirit to spirit, like that's how right. you commune with God. And so he gives you like impressions and stuff like that, and definitely would lift me up. And I just overall felt better, and I had never experienced joy like that than waking up every morning to go meet someone who wanted to be not with anybody else at that time, but just with me, and that was really special.
0: Awesome. Now, did you uh, uh, did you journal? A lot of people talk about journaling. Yeah. Did you do journaling? What what did you what did you put in your journal?
1: Um, well, I. Pretty much write out all my prayers, so I have like everything documented. But then I would get like lost in my head. But I tried. I would I would journal my prayers. I had two journals, a prayer journal, and then a day-to-day journal, um, and so that I knew what because it's important to write down what God's speaking to you, so you don't forget. Because I do that, and then I had one of like day whatever, and then what we had that day, and then would write out all the and still, right. all the crazy stuff. That happened. Awesome,
0: awesome. So you know this might be hard we haven't we, we didn't talk about any of these questions this might be hard but what do you think the number one th- thing you know like today in the uh, 714 prayer time i talked about that in every pain uh, th- we need to see the purpose of god a lot of times people get into pain and they think god where are you in this why did you let this happen this is not fair but you know, we've we've all gone through a lot of different stuff, and so when I go through a time of crisis or pain, I begin to ask the Lord. You know, show me the purpose in this. I don't think the Lord sends pain, yeah. but I think that He can turn that around. Uh, so you went through a lot of stuff, you experienced a lot of things. So what do you think the number one lesson you learn in these? Um, not only just six months, but you spend several months in, in raising funds. Yeah. Not sure that the funds were going to come through. And then at the last minute, they came through. So what would you say that you learned uh, as the number one takeaway that for the rest of your life, you will you you know this?
1: It's not about me.
0: Wow. What do you mean by that? It's not about me.
1: Um, like how I feel or like not that God doesn't care about how you feel or doesn't want to see you happy or anything like that. But at the end of the day, like I'm here for a purpose. Like, wow. And. My feelings cannot dictate yeah. what I do. Yeah. Like those can't be the driving force. I can't let that determine everything that I do. And God asks me to do something like like and that's when it is about me, I mm-hmm. guess. Like like it's not like the the world doesn't revolve around me. I should be obeying because it's the right thing. Yeah. Um, but also because I love God. Like yeah. and so when God gives me something to do or gives me a calling and stuff like that, like I love Psalm 139 of like you wrote out the days for me before I was even born. Like what God speaks into existence, like the word is real. Jesus was the word. Like he speaks that out and it becomes something. So like and then I cannot lose that like right. because he spoke it. Like right. and he has written it down. And so I have to, I don't know. It's a difficult question. But it's not about me except when God's talking to me, right. I guess. And then even then it's like, I don't know. No, and,
0: I, I, <laughs> no, and I, think, I think you're hitting it right because a lot of times people would say, okay, now I've been on a mission trip and, uh, or maybe I'm a pastor or maybe I'm a singer or a musician. And so they look for a platform to present themselves. Uh, but i think what you're saying is i don't really have a platform i i don't have an i don't have an alternative in this no. he's called me to serve him so if he's called me to serve him it's not about my feelings you know, as we as a staff are looking time, of, it looks like maybe very soon we'll be able to come back to church. But how's that going to look? Yeah. We may have to do six feet distancing. So does that mean we're going to have to add five services and people go online and choose which service? And so, you know, and then the staff and the pastors are going to have to do more. But a person who it's all about them would say, well, that's not fair. Yeah. I don't get paid for six services. I got paid for one. But the heart of the the, the the team that we have here in your heart, and I think most people watching is it doesn't matter about me. It doesn't matter how much more I have to work. It ends up, it's all about his kingdom yeah. coming and his will being done. Yeah. So in Ruth, uh, not really her real name, but the seeds that you sowed into her have eternal benefit. Yeah. They have eternal benefit. So I just really think that, Raylan, there's there's somebody watching today uh, maybe a young person, maybe a middle-aged person, saying, "You know, I don't want to. I don't want to end my life and miss my purpose. Yeah. Miss my purpose. Uh,
1: but you can't. What's that? I feel like, like, if you're seeking His kingdom, no matter how much time has passed, like He wrote it down. Wow, it's in existence. Wow. so like you can't miss. You're not going to miss out. It might change. Like He broadens the path. That's what wow. it says. But you're not gonna ever. It's, you're not too far gone. You're wow. never too far gone. That, that is, just changes. That
0: is awesome because I really believe there's somebody watching right now, and maybe that's you. And you just wanna, you just wanna put there Somebody said here, thank you, Pastor Raylan. Great message. Oh. <laughs> thank you for sharing. So I mean, just in all of that, but maybe that's you. And you say, you know what? I felt like that my time has passed by. I feel like I've been in the hallway. I've been, I, I know God called me into ministry. I know God called me to start a business. I know he maybe called me to the mission field. But, you know, I've missed chances. Now I've got babies, and then maybe the babies are gone. But that's, that's really powerful what you said, that, that even if you keep seeking him, I think yeah. that's a condition. Yeah. I mean, he's not just going to say, ba ba and drop it down out of, out of there to somebody. And that's, it's 1002. My alarm just went off. (laughs) And you know at the Father's house at 10.02, we pray from Luke chapter 10 verse 2 that said, we pray for the Lord of the harvest to send laborers into the harvest field. So would you pray this prayer with me? Lord, you ask us in Luke 10 and 2 to first pray earnestly for workers into your harvest. (laughs) It's an awesome time for that prayer to come (laughs) up. So that at 10.02 a.m. and p.m., We pray that you would stir your people's hearts and open your people's eyes to the need of reaching the lost. Send out workers for the harvest in Jesus' name, amen. So I'd like for you to look into that camera right now, Raylan, and I'd like for you to pray for those uh, that God is calling right now to some area of serving him in ministry. Would you pray
1: for them? Can I close my eyes? Sure you can. (laughs) Thank you, God, so much for this day. Thank you for every single person online watching. It's not a coincidence. Um, You have brought them into your presence for a purpose. Lord, we thank you that um, as we seek you and as we look to you, Lord, that you direct our steps, that you turn our eyes away from worthless things, Lord, and we just can come to you as we are, and you don't expect us to fix anything before we get to you, Lord, and that you, you... overcome us, Lord, and then you change us and you make us into vessels of glory, God, and thank you so much for everything that you've done in the lives of everyone watching, God. There's so much to praise and be thankful for. Um, yeah, God, we just pray for the hearts of those who are stirred by this um, time, God, who are stirred by that prayer, um, Lord, in Luke yes. ten two, God, that the harvest Uh, is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Lord, we want to send out your, um, your hands and feet, God, to, to, to collect the harvest, God. Um, We know that in your name, all things can be done, God, that you, you are good, and you do good. So, Father, we just pray for um, the hearts of those who are are seeking earnestly, Lord, and will do anything for you, Lord, and we just, we just ask that their hearts be moved into, um, into action, God, that it's not just something that we sit on and we ponder about, Lord, but you've called us, and that, um, that alone should drive us to, to obey, and God, and to step out in faith, and we thank you that your word isn't just, isn't just, um, it doesn't just go out in the air, God, but it is a, is, it's is—it's real. It's physical, God, and it becomes something real. And, yeah, we just thank you for the words that you've spoken over every single person, over every single life, God, that you started pursuing each and every single person long before yes. Um, yes. they yes. have logged on online and here or have heard anything about your name, God, that you've been pursuing them since the day that they were born. And, Father, we thank you that the words that you wrote out for us and the, and the plans that you made— um, You keep your word, God. And we thank you so much that we're never too far gone and you have laid our steps, God, and that you make a way when there's no way, God. And I just, I thank you for, I thank you for that. Amen.
0: As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in all that God is doing in and through your life, and we would love to continue with you on that journey. To find out what your next steps will be in your relationship with Christ, All you have to do is go to thefathershouse.com slash next. Join us next week as we continue to love God, help people, and build the kingdom.